Wither needs food. Bad height. So did you see the um I didn't see if um uh, an agenda or anything but um I do want to talk about the the Colorado game. Did you see any of it? I didn't, but but run us back. So there were 18 shots from Colorado and I believe San Jose had 7. <laughs> Half of San Jose, uh Colorado shots were in the box. I believe 6 of them were in the danger zone. So Colorado is starting out exactly like they kind of started out last season. Yeah, it's but the- if memory recall, you know, serves correctly. Yeah, but what's crazy about that is, like, I don't think I've ever seen such a lopsided loss, or I mean lopsided shot total that ends in a loss, given where they are. I can't wait to see the expected goals on that, because well, actually, it's, in the, it's in the danger zone. I want to say DC had a game, uh, maybe it was against RSL, it might have been against somebody else, but they had one shot the entire game. And the other team had 17. And I don't I remember. remember I don't remember the whole locations, but DC won one nothing on a most absurd uh, shot from I want to say Taylor Kemp, uh, who had a good 30 yard um, top right corner um, goal. It, it it just yeah, it was really uh, really surprising. Have you talked to Kevin recently? Are we going to have stuff up sooner? Uh, I had I haven't talked to him recently. He had he seemed pretty uh, pretty certain that he was going to be able to start hosting it. Uh, to be perfectly honest, with job and everything, I've kind of distanced myself from that. So yeah, I have no idea. Cool. All right. I was just curious because I can't wait to get all that stuff. Yeah, it'd be nice that it'd be really fun to have uh, some type of integration to where as soon as things are out there that we'd have it. And we worked this past off season. Like we talked with, uh, with Opta, we talked with, um, stats. We talked with a couple of independent source sourcing, uh, data sourcings. Uh, we talked about possibly creating our own this past off season. So we, we went through the gamut. It, the only problem that it ended up being was just really the, to the time commitment that I really didn't have. And really the base that we necessarily didn't have to work with at the time. Um, We've added like six people, and hopefully, only I think only three or four of them have have actually really officially joined. But uh, we still have a couple others that are sitting on the outskirts that could possibly start writing for uh, ASA in the near future. So that would be really cool. We need to just outsource Watcher Ops to um to like China. You know that you're not the only person. Like somebody suggests like India. <laughs> Yeah. So um, let's 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 talk about some uh, some of the head-to-head games that we had within. Because and, and I, Wait, I we started. I've been eating chips this whole time. Yeah, yeah, we sure have. All right. Well, sorry, people at home. So <laughs> welcome to American Soccer Analysis. I'm your host Harrison Crow. That my counterpart, as always, is Sean Stefan. Unfortunately, our guest that we had scheduled is Justin. He has stuff that you know he plays in our uh, in our uh, 
in our auction uh, keeper fantasy league. There has to be a way cooler way of saying this, but uh, um, for MLS, it's nerd league soccer, isn't it? it nerd soccer, I suppose, is a, is saying that. Um, it, we'll we'll kind of run you back through some of the results, some of the things that stood out to us. The big, uh, the top three uh, point getters for our league this past week was um, you had, of course, your very own. Um, no, no, it's Hollywood Wednesday. Diego Fagundes. Uh, I thought you meant teams. Yes, to get Diego Fagundes. Yeah, he had outstanding game. Yeah, he had outstanding game. He came back with uh, almost 28 points uh, rounded up. Uh, following just short of that was David Akam, uh, who is on mine. And you and I went head-to-head on this this past week uh, with me uh, kind of tr- having the game of the year. Uh, I, I suppose some have said, um, I, I think somebody will trump it eventually. I don't think that it's going to, it's going to stay up there, but 141 points, uh, the tops out of how many goals and assists was it? Uh, I don't I, think it's toppable. I had four total goals, two, uh, penalty goals and three assists this week. So David Akam definitely helped, uh, Pedro Morales, Steven Girardi ca- contributed with an assist, uh, Christian Maidana with a goal. Maxi Rudy had a goal. Jo Plata had a goal plus the penalty. So that that all all contributed greatly. So to me, uh, trouncing Sean, 35 point difference. We, and, and really, you it's not as if you had a bad game. I think you had the second, uh, the third th- highest, sorry, third third highest in the league this week. Third, yeah, third highest in this in, in the league this week. Unfortunately, uh, you run up against me. So. So sad. Uh, <laughs> the top point getter, though, in the league um, for players was Ignacio Piatti um, with 32 points, which really, wow. I mean, I, it's not that I want to undersell him, um, but coming into the season without with all these question marks around Drogba and now the fact that Drogba won't be playing for, what, the first six games of the year? Yeah, I think so. And it's not doing turf games either. Yeah, and so, like, because I know I'm a little disappointed, like, from a Seattle perspective, because I guess they're going to be coming here to play us. And I kind of thought maybe that might not include, but it probably does. Um, So that's a little disappointing from my perspective. I hope the Galaxy put down turf. um, They just put down turf for that game. Sorry, Jogba. Uh, but then half your team, half the Galaxy team couldn't play anyway, so. But then you move it at the last second after he doesn't make the flight. Okay, got Oh, we've sold so many tickets, we're moving it back to the StubHub Center. Um, so there is a lot of, um, a lot of craziness about, about this weekend. And I don't know if there's one game, you mentioned Colorado earlier that, that, uh, stood out for you, but I mean, RSL versus Orlando was another good one that had a couple of red cards included in it. Um, Kyle Laren, um, the the guy that uh, you know, we both talk about in, in two different forms. Um, you're apprehensive that he can't, that he's gonna have. You think he's gonna have a down year because, and, and for a very good reason. You want to explain your idea and your theory behind this? Well, uh, his, I mean, he, he had decent goal scoring. Um, uh, underlying numbers last year, they weren't as good as what he was outputting because he was converting 
over 50% of his shots on target, which is not really repeatable. Only one player right. has ever done it more than once from within our data, which started in 2011, and that was Oba Femi Martins. And I don't think he's Oba Femi Martins. So that's why I think it, it's just like we saw this with Jossie's artists, same thing. I think we're seeing uh, something similar. Yeah, and, and even last, yesterday, I mean, you know, you credit what he did, but still, he only had he had three shots, which you know, it's a little bit better than what he was averaging last year, and they're all inside the 18, right in front of the the goal. So, I mean, you, that's positive, and that's that's where I'm looking at it from in the in the hopes and the thought that he can possibly, maybe, um, just turn his chance creation up just a bit and not necessarily chance creation we always talk about chance creation as someone that you know delivers a pass to create a shot but you know sometimes you just need a guy that's going to take a lot of shots inside uh and, and take a lot of opportunities and find those opportunities chris wandalowski's a great uh, you know uh um example of that clint dempsey these are guys that are just going to take a lot of shots and, and find a lot of opportunities. I think Kyle Laren, if he can find his way to doing that, he's going to be able to find more goals and, and similar to, to what he did um, Sunday night. So, or Sunday afternoon, I suppose it was. So it, it was a good time. Um, I, you know, how did you feel about watching the games from a fantasy fantasy perspective? Cause both of us, I think, um, I think this kind of changed how we looked at it. Oh, yeah. Fantasy always ups, um, ups uh, how you watch games because it can turn games you normally wouldn't watch into really super exciting games. So I tuned into that one for uh, for Morales because Morales is on my team. And then he, to the first 15 minutes, he was averaging like uh, a pass every minute. And I was just like, oh, wow, I'm going to get a lot of pass points. And then there's a red card. I'm just like, oh, well, that's the end of that. So and uh, that's kind of uh, what happened. So then I switched on over to, uh, I forget which game came after that. So I kind of missed the end of it. But yeah, I think, again, uh, Arcel impressed in their and uh, their system and sort of resilience to, uh, to you know, power through all that. Um, it was an interesting game. wasn't as interesting as the game, I think, that was gone at the same time, which was the Chicago game, which was absolutely bananas. Run that, run that back. What, the Chicago game? Did you not yeah. see the Chicago game? Yeah, Chicago and uh, NYCFC. Yeah, that was the 4-3 uh, no-one-wants-to-defend game. Yeah. <laughs> well, and not only that, but it was a 4-3 game in which NYC's stars really weren't necessarily the stars, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like Kyrie Shelton and Mick Disgrude and Tommy McNamara. I mean, stars to me. I'm a big Tommy Mac fan, but yeah, it was a very weird game. Um Really open. I watching back the condensed game today. Um, really, really surprised at just how Chicago's a really good counterattacking team with Akam and Gilberto, and like they're gonna they're gonna push a lot of teams, stretch a lot of teams, and uh, surprise a lot of people this year. He's more uh, almost geared towards that now. It's almost um, they're very much a run and gun uh, team now, especially Polster and uh, you know the passing ability that they have right in the middle of the park that, uh, you know, send those through balls through, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they continue to do that type of stuff. Looking at like their passes right now, they actually had a couple of through balls, which is 
I, I, I don't want to, you know, criticize them, but I think that last year they were a little bit low on that um, off the top of my head. So uh, hopefully that's something that continues because I think that's going to create a that's going to create a lot better opportunity and a lot higher quality. But of course, that's not really the big the big um, you know the big issue with Chicago so much as the issue is Chicago has been their defense and their defense didn't continue to look very good. Well, you know, looked bad in that game. And uh, just because of how our fantasy points scored, didn't hurt you at all. was Brandon Vincent. Brandon Vincent gave up like um, two of those goals on his mistakes. And, uh, you know, love Vincent. He had a couple of great passes, but he's still sort of struggling or I, I saying still, Looks like he's struggling to find the, the pace of MLS. Yeah, but, uh, Vincent was one of uh, had one of the through balls there that he delivered mm-hmm. uh, in the 27th minute. So um, it, I'm excited about his attack, but yeah, his his ability to get back on defense um, that's that's going to play huge for Chicago because if he's going to continue to really leave that backside exposed, um, I can only think that that's going to be a, a pretty short sh- uh, starting stint for him right well i mean I don't, they put a lot of eggs in the basket who's behind him i mean they traded away jones for him so that well that's true to an extent i i don't know necessarily if they really traded for him uh, or traded him away for in lieu of like starting him right uh i think it just jones became expendable and you also got to think they traded for that um, for that pick for that first round pick. So I mean, it's all about how you value things. I'm just I'm completely playing the the uh, you know the devil's advocate here. No, right, right. I get it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see those teams going forward. Um, is New York offense actually working? Because um, if that's true, then. Uh, that's they're going to be quite the team going forward. Um, they've always been exciting away when they're not in cramped uh, confines, but maybe the East is a lot better this year. I don't know. I I kind of like like I'm kind of wincing at that at that mere thought. Um, you know, David via he didn't stand out for me in this game. Just rewatching stuff. I mean. He had the uh, he had the couple attempts there in the box that that's fun, but I I kind of expected more from him, to be perfectly honest. So I don't know, maybe that's unfair of me, but no, you you definitely want that out of your stars. I think um, uh, you like Chivinko really stepped up in the game against New York, uh, but you expect that of him. He kind of sort of carried the team in the end in a game that was. Looked like it was all New York until they just sort of collapsed in the end. Well, and you can kind of go the other way. I felt like Dempsey had a couple of moments that he should have really stepped up big for Seattle, and he didn't. Um, he had a couple. Yeah, I did not see that game. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, I was on the way to the StubHub Center. But uh, yeah, once I saw it, there was a red card, and I was just like, yeah, I need a hat trick from Dempsey. So to <laughs> catch up with you. So that's the end of that. Um, well, so, I mean, yeah. He so had tell a, us about the Seattle game. The, well, this is another situation where Seattle's just not finding a way to generate enough. I mean, they're being really conservative on the ball, and they had a couple of opportunities. They had a couple of looks where they they're not pulling the trigger, 
Um, Jordan Morris looks, looked like he just wanted to prove he, he deserved to be there. Um, he had a couple, a couple of, uh, tough moments, um, early on one specifically where he, uh, he, his shot cleared the, it, it was a really great field goal. Let me just put it to you that way. Um, you know, he had, he had Kansas city defenders bearing down on him. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly the most physically, um, you know, it's not like he had a clear lane, but he definitely, he definitely kind of botched the shot and he definitely had an opportunity to, to put the Sounders up to, uh, early in the first half. So, I mean, that, that's a little disappointing on multiple levels from a Sounders perspective, from the fact that I overpaid for him in the fantasy league, which, you know, kills me, um, consistently cause you guys all make fun of me. Um, so that, that was a little disappointing, but I, after, I mean, Fisher had a huge amount of the touches and was really influential, um, uh, in that first half. So once he went away, um, you could definitely see sporting take control of the game and really assert their dominance. But without Benny Fellhaber, um, they definitely were missing, um, missing some bite and those really the, that pass, that's what they kept looking for. That's what they, I felt like they were missing was they had guys that were willing to take shots, but I felt like they were missing that final pass. Um, Graham Zussi was faster than faster in person than what I had had missed it. Um, previously, I, I, I don't think I always think of him as a fleet of foot, but he definitely, not, went, I don't know what you're talking about. He's not, <laughs> Um, he went he went toe to toe with Jovin Jones down uh, down the sideline at one at one point and beat him for a ball. I was I was pretty impressed. Um, I I had made a joke about him not being a speedy guy earlier in the day, and I kind of was I, I I had to eat a little crow on that situation. Uh, yeah, it, it it was. Uh, it was surprising to say the least, but um, with that, I don't think Zussi had a very good game, and I think he continues. Um, as you bad? Pointed out, yeah, you pointed out on multiple occasions, he's just. I don't. I don't think he's bad. I think yeah, he's. Average. I don't think either. I just yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think he's. He's worth what he's being paid. Right. He's and, bad in lieu of his like what's expected goodness. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, if there's nothing look, expected of him, it'd be great. Right. If you just look at him in in terms of. Um, him just being a regular soccer player or a placement level level soccer player, I mean, he's better than that, obviously. But in terms of being a, a designated player talent, um, it, it, it's man, it, it's a little tough to swallow, and uh, it, it it's it just doesn't it, it doesn't flow that way anymore. I mean, at one time maybe with the way that they played and and his skill set. Um, but even like his crosses, his corner kicks, nothing seemed really, I didn't think they were really influential. I don't think that they in any way added anything. Um, I didn't think that they were great. In fact, more times than not, I felt like he really missed his opportunity. Um, he had a couple of occasions where he just took some really bad dribbles. Um, and, and this isn't me being a Sounders fan and, and taking cheap shots at the guy. You know, I, I thought Dom Dwyer had, uh, his usual Dom Dwyerness. Uh, I, I continue to think that he's one of, uh, he's an under, uh, valued asset in this league as a striker. Um, just because he just, he, he has amazing holdup play. 
he was all by himself most of the game and in his turnovers uh ratio is so uh minuscule to what he provides i i'm i'm continually impressed by him um and the fact that he creates opportunities by himself um down in that box even though he's not necessarily taking shots and and that's something that we miss um that being said um i did have a realization he has a lot of defensive actions and i think that anytime i've looked at his defensive actions i haven't necessarily properly weighted it to the fact that kansas city doesn't always play with the ball at their um within their control and i kind of wonder if those big games that he's having the defensive actions are the games that they are sitting back more. Um, well, if you look at the um, maps, because I've actually done this of his defensive actions yeah. um, in general, it's it's because um, they're generally what's known as pressing actions, which are um, yeah. defensive actions in, I believe, in opta terms above the 30 mark. Or, uh, there's a field coordinate that corresponds to it, but it's pressing actions in a certain range. And a lot of it, um, that's where it comes from because the team presses, and he's and like that the would make of that. that would make a lot of sense. The the only thing that's really deceiving is like yesterday they had no like the first half, Kansas City had no pressing whatsoever. It was they were really content for Seattle to have the ball, and they didn't do a lot to win it back. It was actually kind of surprising. I didn't think that they put forth a lot of effort. Um, to really the, the normal tenacious um, sporting. Uh, defense that we that we see consistent consistently I I really didn't see it and uh, uh, at least in the first half in the second half it it definitely appeared um, once they Seattle was down a man but early on Seattle really dictated control of the game and I don't know if that was just just sporting not being able to really play out Vermees's plan if they were trying something different Um, I'm not entirely certain what that what their um, what they were there to do. It was really reminiscent of the game that Seattle and Sporting played last year uh, in Sporting Park that's, that Sporting won. And I really feel like that was kind of, it, it was just kind of a gritted out game for Sporting. Um, although I, I, I was actually pretty surprised. The first half was pretty low fouls on both sides. Notoriously both notoriously these games are rather chippy between both sides so i was pleasantly uh, surprised to see a lack of fouls on both sides it didn't kind of end that way but um i think red cards have a habit of doing that right so so what do you think of their new defender who i think you forgot existed when you bought ico yeah uh totally um <laughs> he, he was interesting I, I actually thought he was really good with the ball at his feet um he didn't seem like an overtly physical pairing for Beasler that I had probably expected him to be. Um, Interesting, because that's what they need. Right. They need the aerial presence there. Right. Um, he definitely had the ta- the 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 size. Um, Seattle didn't inundate with crosses. Um, they had a couple of opportunities. Even Schitt's had a few. Uh, Von Schitt's had a few um, corners. Um, but he, you know, when you go up against Chad Marshall in the box, um, you know, there, there's about maybe six or seven guys that are better in the air than him in the league. And, and so, I mean, you're not going to do very much. And I didn't see him. Uh, I think he marked, he might've marked Dempsey, um, and Dempsey didn't get his head on any ball. So, you know, maybe he did his job if that was the case. So, um, 
But besides that, I, I, I thought he was good with the ball at his feet, which I think sporting kind of needs, especially when they're doing that counterattacking presence. And I thought that that was um, that impressed me. But that was just that was just a passive observance. I, I don't have any numbers uh, in front of me for that game. Do you know what my favorite game of the weekend was? What was that? And it was, it was just from a um, just a personal perspective. Um, I think you probably feel the same. Uh, seeing uh, Maidana's debut. Oh, and, I you know. know. We were such proponents of this trade. Um, you know, we got into a little back and forth with uh, Matt Doyle about it. And then he comes out and just absolutely kills it, transforms whoa, whoa, that team. Uh, all right, so, so, so really fast, let me cut you off. The whole thing between us and Doyle was Doyle didn't figure that he would do enough with taking shots, right? Mm, he, he said that he uh, the problem was he wasn't going to get on the ball enough. He doesn't work for it because he's more of a uh, he's more of a withdrawn forward, non-attacking midfielder. So he's not going to get the touches. And he one of the evidence he used for that was um, was uh, his uh, his uh, his fouls. He doesn't get fouled very often. And I was like, well, why don't you use touches if you're looking at touches instead of fouls? Because his touches are good. And then, and and in this game, his touches were great. I mean, you couldn't. In, I I think there are other ways of explaining the fact that he doesn't get fouled. I don't think that's just because all the best attackers in the league get fouled and he doesn't doesn't mean that's a fault of his that he gets rid of the ball before then. Um, but I think he absolutely showed that he is an elite chance creator in this league. And if you give well I mean one game so pump the brakes a little but if you give them the proper setup um you know Barnes had a great game uh was Barnes looked a lot better with him saying a winger looked amazing just just by having Maidana there um I I think uh he's gonna have a big big year it just looks like it yeah winger looked really good and you know what it almost is like he he's picking up where he left off a year and a half ago he looked really good at the end. In fact, he was one of my favorite wing, winger, winger. He was one of my favorite wide players going, uh, leaving the twenty, uh, the twenty fourteen season. The way he took on uh, DeAndre Yedlin, the Open Cup, the way that he performed in in some of the outgoing games, he just really. Um, really surprised me. And on top of that, he came away with something like uh, eight expected goals at the end of the season. And I really, and the majority of that came in the second half of the season. So I really, um, I really was feeling positive about wingers stepping up and doing some big things. And then he just, I, I have no idea the, the biggest, Probably the the best way to explain uh, his season in a nutshell is him dribbling out of bounds. Um, that everybody the, the gift that people like to send around, um, joking about him. And, and while that was kind of a a tragic moment in the sense that that really did convey his season pretty well. Um, yeah, he looked like the guy that I I saw that the, those. Flashes of brilliance, I think, is is the appropriate term um, or saying. So uh, I'm excited to see what he has for him. I was excited to see Madonna pull the trigger a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. He but only I, had one defensive action. Uh, doesn't need, yeah, but he doesn't necessarily need them either. He had right two big chances created of Houston's five. Right. Whoa. Wow, somebody's really not happy. Either that or they're just, yeah. Yeah, sorry. We're ah. recording earlier than normal, so people are getting back 
I'm in the apartment building. Lots of hustle and bustle. Hustle and bustle, the bustle and the hustle. Um, something to look at. Um, Alex and uh, Ricardo Clark played in the midfield for uh, for Houston in the four two three one, and it's kind of much like how we how we kind of guessed that it would be with uh, winger out wide. Um, Madonna uh, Madonna kind of sitting below Bruin and Barnes out wide. Um, you know, another game with Eric Torres sitting on the bench. I think that's probably the one takeaway from this game that's a little disappointing. Um, I mean, he, it's disappointing that you know it's going to become an issue. Um, just locker room-wise, just having someone like that on the bench is, you know, disappointing. But you can't sit Bruin, really, unless he really starts having a terrible season. It's, you just shouldn't. It's, uh, and if they're going to play that system, which fits Maidana better, and he's more of an impact player than both of them, then you absolutely have to well, sit one of them. And if that's going to be the case, though, why don't you move? Toward, I, Dallas, just up the road, has an issue, needed a striker early on in the season. This seems like this that would have been a match made in heaven in the sense that you could have got something for him. At this point in time, you have a sunk cost sitting on your bench. Yeah, if he, if Dallas is willing to fork up money for um, but a I designated mean, player. Okay, possibly that could be an issue but i mean in the reality it's not like he's getting paid so much more um than you know fabian castillo um in fact he's probably being paid well no because Castillo's not a dp anymore so i mean he probably is getting get paid but i mean i don't know yeah, I, you always have to consider the fact that there's a lot of things that go on in the boardroom that, you know, we're not privy to. But yeah, you, see- And you also have to look at, like, that's your rival. You don't want to make your rival better. Like, that would make them much better than you would come away from the trade. I think that's – I honestly, I think a lot of times that's BS. Man, I think managers of- definitely think about this. I know oh, that. Oh, sure, managers sure, 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 sure. Managers do, but I think uh, the question that I have is should they? I mean, no, I get, I get you don't want to make it your opponent better. But at the same time, if you're making yourself worse in the same process, what there's, what's the point? I mean, the whole point, the whole thing is you don't know necessarily how he's going to integrate to Dallas. And if Dallas wants to take him, I mean, if you want to say, hey, Dallas, let's problem this problem. Let's get together and let's both mutually benefit from this situation. I don't think Dallas benefit would, would have benefited any more than Houston did. Depends. Yeah, it depends on what they get. So what did you think of Ricardo Clark? Because I think that um, we'll, we'll see what is up to Coyle, but I think they brought in a better defensive mid in Colin Warren. In, in, I'm sorry? In Colin Warren. I think going forward. Well, um, not just Warren, but also uh, Rocha. Uh, I, I think you. I think both. Rocha can be more the holding player like um, uh, in, the, in Alex's spot. But I mean, I think for the defensive midfielder like the ricardo clark position i think going forward they would be wise to put uh warner in there just based on his numbers uh like my uh, midfielder model likes him uh a lot it likes him better than any of the um uh r- really any of the defensive midfielders that have been tossed around uh or that have been traded this uh this offseason i haven't looked at jones i probably should put him in there but he is he has been the best one that has been uh on the market so uh, that's actually really interesting. I never think that Colin Warren and, and me, I don't have a lot of – I didn't look a lot of uh, – I didn't look very 
closely at his numbers, and I haven't at any given time. So uh, break down Colin Warner for us if you have his numbers. Uh, uh, let me pull up a spreadsheet. Good podcast. Oh yeah, it's it's a great podcast. Whenever you get to whenever you get to put something on hold for about five, ten seconds while you look something up. But you know what? This is not like a typical podcast where most people just kind of claim things off their off their cuff. And I know I did it earlier, but we try to do our best to do a little bit of research on on actual numbers. This is this podcast is a little bit more numbers based. Um, I know we talked a little bit about uh, things outside of the realm of numbers, but um, I don't think numbers necessarily answers every question. I think it mirrors context to things or can provide further insight. Okay, here are the numbers I have on him. So defensive actions per uh, 90, 5.9, which is wow. very, very good. Yeah, very, very good for uh, – um, I mean, granted, he was on the team um, – you would have to pass adjust that, but in my experience, when you pass adjust that, it doesn't bring it down. Um, there's not a whole lot of fluctuation in pass adjusting, uh, so uh, that is very impressive. Um, on the other flip side, 44.9, uh, so 45 passes per 90 uh, for that defensive action rate. That's extremely good. That uh, that's so, more than Kofi, for instance. Right. And that's also more defensive actions than Kofi. Which is kind of, <laughs> I figure that's kind of what you're getting at. Um, the other question is, though, Ricardo Clark's not just a defensive uh, hog when it comes to how's his passing. I mean, Clark is great for gobbling things up, but he's also a pretty good distributor. Yeah, but I, I think that um, in terms of mobility, in terms of, because uh, uh, Clark is getting up there, Clark's fouling a whole lot more of late. Uh, I think uh I think I see Clark as a player on the de- on the decline. I think uh, Warner, uh, just I don't. I mean, numbers wise, well, I mean, uh, he looks yeah, really... Warner's twenty six, isn't he? Do not know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's uh, he's much younger than what I had um, initially thought. Uh, see, this is this great, great stuff. Uh, Colin Rolf is what they lo- looked up. That's not at all like what I wanted. Uh, well, yeah, I could see him with Roch- uh, Rochez or Rocha um, uh, behind. I think that would be good. I, I think it's interesting. Horst um, uh, is keeping that spot, even though they brought in Aegis, who uh, they seem to have favored in the preseason. I don't know. But uh, I don't know what's going on there. But that's, uh, that's good for you and I both love Horst. Yeah, so, uh, that was a, nice to see. And I don't think that nece- I think all three of those players are gonna gonna have a lot of opportunities to to rotate through. Um, mm-hmm. I think all three of them are probably a little bit different enough to where you don't have a perfect partnership uh, per se. Like you would, like we talked about Beasley earlier and finding the perfect par- partner, somebody that's physical that can kind of supplement some of those uh, some of those needs. And uh, I, I really think that Houston has three unique defenders um, that all have different um, skill sets that probably can accentuate in different circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, they were really undone by injuries this week. Um, uh, Anibaba, one of the goals was given up off of a bad touch from Anibaba. Um, he's not this starting right back there. 
Um, I was actually kind of hoping that they would put Boniac Garcia there. They kind of experimented with that last year. And I thought Boniac did pretty well in that position. I think it gives them another attacking element. But I think they want to go with, you know, more defensive option. Uh, they did. Had a couple mistakes. Uh, gave up a goal. And then, uh, you know, with uh, Willis instead of Derek, uh, after I think Derek's abdominal injury or something like that. And I think Willis had like a bobbler or something. He, or he definitely was responsible for one of the goals. So, you know, in a 3-3 tie, that's, you know, that's deadly. That's killer. And it's really unfortunate that the, you know, the feel-goodness, the momentum of how good Houston looked, how refreshing it is to see them playing attacking soccer, kind of dampened by Diego Fagundes, you know, uh, bringing it, making it a 3-3 game. Oh, Kobayashi had the final, uh, had the final stick. Yeah, but Fagundes had the assist. Fagundes yeah. had the first had goal. killer pass. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had the assist on the second goal. Yeah, and, and so just um, Warner uh, is 27 according to Wikipedia, and you know how however we want to you know I'm sh- I'm sure that I, that's trustworthy. I, I don't think that people are going to clown around a lot. Um, I will say that that's younger than what I had felt he was. Like, I, I kind of thought him getting traded to Houston, I was like, man, what is Houston going to do with another 30-year-old in their central midfielder? Uh, and, and so, you know, especially you you quoting those numbers, um, it, it makes it seem like maybe Warner's somebody that they're going to be able to use for the next few years. Uh, as uh, as you said, you know, Ricardo Clark is going to continue to age, and he he's – He's definitely already starting to show signs of deficiencies, right? Um, great mention about the about the uh, number of fouls that uh, are starting to to go up because that's always a a key indicator. At least some something I've heard uh, people kind of mention in some of their statistics is that the older the defenders um, get, the more that they seem to foul. Have you heard that? Yeah, Marisa do uh, example that I think you brought up uh, something you noticed recently. Yes, that he's fouling a lot more than he used to. And, and I think that that's just, you know, that relates back to, you know, uh, the fact that they start aging, they lose a step. Maybe they're not as uh, comfortable as they once were in certain positions. Um, so, you know, there's that. But you know who, the, who that doesn't apply to? Who does that not apply to? Great transition here. Ashley Cole. He had, <laughs> he had eight interceptions and four tackles. Uh, completely covering for Jossie Zars and Steven Gerrard not defending. He, like, completely let them uh, be, um, you know, offensive-minded going forward. It was, for all the stuff, and he had, he stopped two major major breaks. For all the, you know, I still don't think he's worth the money, but for all the things people have said about him, I think he really proved a lot of his haters wrong last night. It was really impressive performance. I even think he made a couple teams of the week. Um... I will say that uh, Mike McGee is now um, running a train in which about all of MLS is now sitting on. Uh, it's not even a bandwagon, dude. That thing is a, the McGee Express. Yeah, it's. I love McGee, but I mean, come on, people. This is one game. I I tweeted something um, halftime that like McGee coming on instead of Villarreal, like this. The entire McGee move was extremely disrespectful to Villarreal, who's, you know, averaging, like, a goal and assist, like, per, like, every game for the last, like, eight games. And then it's just like, oh, don't you feel stupid? Uh, And I'm just like, no, I don't, because at the time, and still, he's the more proven player. 
Um, you know, McGee. Well, well not only a, that, gets, but you have a set piece goal. And yes, he, he had a good game. He was brought down. I think a lot of this was tactical. The fact that the first half, um, they're in this four-two-three-one that they're not used to. They can't hold the ball up top. Same issue with Geo. Um, Geo gets injured, and rather fortunate for them because they go back to this four-four-two, and they're they're good in it because that's the Galaxy's formation, and they were able to expose a lot of defensive weaknesses, and there were a lot of defensive breakdowns. A couple of good articles have been written on this already today uh, for DC. Um, and if you just look at overall, like DC, LA was still outshot. Uh, they didn't create a ton of chances. Like, one of the McGee goals was a set piece. Uh, the first goal was a set piece. Uh, you never want to rely on set piece goals. And uh, so, yeah, and then, so they really had one really, really good chance, which was uh, when McGee was taken down on the penalty. So, I mean, I, I don't want to knock the guy. He had a great game. I think it's kind of absurd that, like, I think who scored scored him a 10? <laughs> a 10 out of 10 on their... Um, widely mocked, yeah, on their widely mocked algorithm-based uh, player ratings. I don't know if it like what the how they do that, but they're, they always gave say, a, oh, they gave him a nine, a nine. They gave him a nine, a nine. Oh, okay. Ben Yada had a ten. He, he listed the like the top five highest. I guess maybe they docked it down. They realized maybe he wasn't perfect. <laughs> no, but, maybe nine's the highest they give out. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm not, like, crazy on McGee right now. Um, I think uh, this is very much an anomaly. Uh, I, but I, here's, the, here's the thing. I, I think you can accept and appreciate the performance. Oh, yeah. And then, on the, uh, and then on the other hand, you can say that's not going to continue to happen. Let's, let's live in the real world where Mike McGee doesn't have an assist in two goals every game. Well, here's what um, it's going to do. It's going to color Bruce's um, – Bruce gets – when there's an early impression, he sticks with it. Um, it. Had Alan Gordon not come in and scored, like, in this first three games, Alan Gordon would not have been the first sub off the bench for the rest of the season, even when Alan Gordon was struggling towards the end of the season because there were no chance creators on there because, basically, he was playing Alan Gordon without anyone who could cross, which is just dumb. But, you know, had Gordon not come on and made the impression early, which is basically when Ishizaki was there – uh, then th- that wouldn't ha- he wouldn't have kept playing him. I think it's going to be the same thing with McGee. I think we're going to see a lot more of McGee because of this just coming off the bench. And we'll have to see uh, what the injury is here with Dos Santos. From what I'm hearing, it's not too bad. So um, I-, I think the big question for the Galaxy remains, uh, how do you fit them in a 4-4-2 since that is their best formation? Uh, how do you fit Geo there? Bruce obviously thinks it's, it's not on the wing because uh, he just refuses to p- uh, put Geo there. Which is surprising because defensive action-wise, Zarr. I mean, the fact that Ashley Cole um, had to have that many defensive actions is very indicative of playing behind uh, Zardes. It, it reminds me of when Timmy Chandler had a 25% defensive usage rate in the Germany game because Jossie Zardes was playing in front of him. And then yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, he tracks back really well." Like, okay, great, he tracks back well, but does he ever get the ball, or do players always get by him? Because it, otherwise you're just a cone. It really doesn't matter too much if you're tracking back if you're not doing anything with it. And I think it's really, really deceptive. And I think it's also sort of a, a sort of a stereotype thinking that Giovanni dos Santos can't defend that. That these South uh, South and Central American playmakers, the, you know, these attacking midfielders, they don't want to defend. I think that's BS. I think that's you know disrespectful. Um, I think that. 
you know, these are soccer players. They have the ability to do these things. I, I, know, maybe, but here's, maybe here's culturally the they don't want to, but you can sit them down and be like, listen, this is what I want you to do on the team, just like you would do for any player. And I, and I don't want to make this like a race thing or whatever, but I think, you know, like you would never give this leeway to like a Robbie Rogers, for instance. So, I mean, I... I yeah, but here's the, here's the thing. I think really I think here. really given really talented players make things look really simple, especially to some of us uh, individuals that don't have a keen eye for all this stuff and don't have a trained eye. And I think that this when things don't necessarily look, you know, instead of O'Neill Fisher is a great example. Uh, O'Neill Fisher, the guy that got a red card for the Seattle Sounders, he. You know, my wife was like, well, what do we know about him? You know, he was announced in the starting lineups in front of Tyrone Mears. And I said, well, he's a really great worker. But there's a reason why he's a really great worker. Uh, You know, Tyrone Mears just does his job. He makes it look easy. And he knows and understands when he needs to fall back. Likewise with Gio, I think Gio understands when it's appropriate for him to engage and when it's appropriate for him to disengage. And he's really good in the times that he does engage as free, as infrequent as they are at winning them. And I think that the stats kind of relate a lot of that. Um, they do, but Bruce isn't really a stats guy. Well, well, I, don't, <laughs> I, I think that that's not, I think that's kind of us in general. And with stats still coming about, we still have these, these ideas in our head that, I mean, uh, a, a really, really great one was uh, for a long time. Uh, there's a striker for uh, Berbatov, Dmitry Berbatov. Mm-hmm. The guy just kind of does. He, let's just say it. He kind of appeared lazy. He was just very non. He had very nonchalant movements. He didn't chase a lot of things. He led all forwards, and, and this was with Fulham pretty uh, even. Uh, as far as possession wise, he led forwards in defensive actions. And I remember hearing people claim all the time, well, he doesn't hustle. He doesn't run after things. He didn't have to. I mean, he just understood where to position himself, got into passing lanes and just took stuff. I mean, it was just, okay, I'm not going to chase you. Mm -hmm. That's a waste of my energy. This reminds me a lot of the, anytime Dempsey goes through any sort of um, long periods of not doing well, there seems to be this bubbling up of, well, he's not really hustling, whatever. It's like, no, Dempsey's always jogging around the field. Like, that sort of, he always has, like, this slow, uh, he seems like he's moving through molasses and, like, all of his movements. And, but, like, it's, he's not not working. You know, he's, he, he's just not getting the results you want out of him. I think Dempsey's one of the hardest working players on the field. Um, but it's just funny that certain players get this, um, get, there's something about them that you just don't want to believe that they're hard workers. And I think, yeah, Gio's probably one of them. Not to say he's a great defender, but I mean, I keep saying, like, look, it was Stefan Ishizaki well, a good defender right? on the wing? Yeah, was Stefan Ishizaki a good defender? Because that's the guy he was replacing if you go to that 4-4-2. Was he a good defender on the wing? Was was Donovan? Like, defensive action-wise, they're, they're roughly the same. I don't... It's, it's very hard to sort of justify that he just won't go back unless you're just stuck on an assumption. And I think that's where Brutus is at right now. And he's sort of not willing to test it. And the times he has tested it, I don't think he's really fairly looking at the results. I think that's, uh, I think that's 
But that's indicative of coaching, right? Uh, we kind of got into a, a, a thing about that within ASA Slack um, to where coaches just kind of have their mind set up on stuff. And, and they're and not to discredit them, I think that there's some fantastic coaches out there that are very smart. I mean, there's a reason why Bruce Arena's been coaching for you know 30 years. There's a reason why Siggy Schmidt you know never went back to becoming a, a financial. You can sigh all you want. Well, I think I, I don't I, think that it's just because you know he barged in one day and said give give me a job. I think that there's I think there's some legitimacy to some of the stuff that he's done over the years. There but, is. Uh, I, what I don't like about this argument, and I hear all the time from LA fans, is it, it kind of impedes um, when you say, well, look at his success. It impedes any criticism. No, just, just no, because he's no, had success. No. I um, I, and I wouldn't go that far. Like Siggy Schmidt, I don't think Siggy Schmidt is above reproach. But at the same time, I think that what he's done to a certain degree, does dictate a certain type of leniency in certain areas. Right. I'll, I'll give now, you an example. Um, uh, I think we both have uh, issues of how they manage their teams, especially in relation to statistical um, anomalies. Right. I'll give you an example. So Bruce not high in analytics like at all. Um, yet when you look at the old guard coaches in uh, EPL – a lot of them, like you know, Arts and Banger recently said in an interview, uh, "I'm going to go look at the uh, look at the expected goal chances." Um, like he just sort of offhand mentioned that. So, in leagues where you have to evolve, these old guys evolve. Yeah, Bruce but Arson Winger, Arson Winger has had stats DNA and all of them at his disposal for right, going on my, four years. Right, but Bruce has Bruce has been approached by people. He just has refused to. Uh, he just hasn't taken them on. It's, sure, sure. Which obviously is going to be the first place that people trying to break an analytics go to because they're like a flagship they're they're just not accepting of it so why hasn't bruce been pushed bruce hasn't been pushed because he hasn't need to be pushed because bruce understands how to be a player manager and he's been able to have good designated play i mean for the later part of his career earlier part of his career is very different latter part of his career he's been he's had very good teams um and i think a lot of it has been luck because if you look at his, the percentages on his scouting, the, uh, I think the percentage of how good they uh, are very low. But I think you only need one one of every four of your picks to be good when you have a Robbie Keane uh, and when you have a Landon Donovan. Now that Donovan's gone and you brought in Gerard because, again, you're not very good at scouting um, and, you know, you want to sell jerseys is probably partially an AG thing. Then you start getting into, well, is he really a good general manager? Is he really, like... How good is he at this point in his career? And I think the Galaxy right now, the big question is everyone wants to give leniency to Bruce, and I don't see a lot of evidence why you should other than, uh, you know, I think people would say, well, he's won in the past. I'm like, well, what did he do last year? What he did last year was he took a good team and then he tactically shot them in the foot to the point that they fell from, like, third, where they could have easily finished third in the division to finishing in a place where they had to go to Seattle. And then they finished absolutely toothless because he insisted that Giovanni Dos Santos can't be a winger and he's continually doing that. So to say, well, you, you, you got to give him results is, is it stops the debate in a way that that's why I sigh at it. I'm not saying he's, he doesn't have good results in the past. I'm not saying he's not a good manager, but I think that sort that kind he's of, he's not evolving. Culture, right. It creates a culture of resting on your laurels. And I think that is the biggest hindrance to LA galaxy soccer right now. Um, really, um, the last topic that we'll cover tonight, um, real fast is this Audi, um, 
metrics that they're putting together. Um, and, and, and I don't want to poo-poo on it too much because um, I no one knows cars. anything about it. It is so vague. And, and it, it's stereotypical of what Opta and MLS and um, these, these statistic communities that are closed off do. They, they want you to buy into what they're producing, but they don't want to tell you how they get there or what they're, you know, how do they get to A to Z? Well, I, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a favor of it personally right now. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed with it. I mean, it's very annoying, but I get it financially. As someone who's trying to push myself out there, offering consulting things, stuff like that, uh, you know, with my midfielder metric, I'm gonna put it up on, on ASA. But if I ever get, you know, like if anyone's interested in it before then. I'm going to be reluctant to put it up on ASA and open source it because, well, you know, I, I, I can I make money off of this? If I can make money off this, then why give people the recipe to it? You know, it, it's kind of like pharmaceuticals and how they, um, you know, you can have this, you know, disease carrying uh, uh, formula, but you want it to yourself so you can sell it. Like there's just like this, uh, and that's like an extreme case. You know, people aren't dying over soccer statistics. But like the point is that there is a financial incentive to keep, your data, your science, private, if it can benefit you. So I get it. In this case, when they're not using it to help anyone, they're just putting it out, it is a little different, a little confusing. Um, uh, and yeah, it's very vague. Um, but I, I will say that what they're doing, it, um, the general of what it sounds like, uh, I like. It's just like you're saying... Um, well, yeah, like, all right. So as a cookie cutter, like the, and, and as a, like a recipe of, Hey, this is what we're kind of vaguely looking at. It's like, okay, that sounds good on, on the face, right? That mm -hmm. sounds, that sounds neat. And uh, I, I have a feeling that cause um, I'm doing something very similar from what it sounds like they're doing. And I, hopefully I'll have it up and running the next couple of months. I'm going to be very interested to compare what I'm doing to the, what they're doing. Cause I bet you I can sort of backwards engineer what they're doing and what I'm missing that they're doing. So we can probably figure out what they're doing. Cause I bet you it's not as advanced as they're saying it is. No, I don't think it is. And you know what further, I think that they're missing. Um, I, I think they're missing a key ingredient. I think they're missing like the baking powder, right? I feel like here they need to, they need to contextualize their data with game states and with, Red cards, yellow cards, um, I, I with time of the match, I think that these are vital things. These are things that we take into account when we're doing our expected goals. These are things I really got the impression that they weren't going to consider. And I think that they're vital when you start talking about um, any sort of event relevancy. Well, there's – well th – Tour event relevancy, yes. I think I've heard debate over the importance of game states. Um, I think when it comes to things like the, they're definitely measuring um, tackles, for instance. I can almost guarantee you they are. Uh, when, it, when it comes to event measuring that, yeah, absolutely game state matters. Um, but I think you can also proxy that by um, – so one of the, our fantasy system is built to self-pass adjust, for instance. And that's, sure, sure. And uh, I think you can kind of do that. 
Um, I bet you they're doing that. I bet you what they're doing and what our fantasy system is, it's not that different at all. I'm, I'm going to be I, honest with you. I'd like to think that I'm smarter than they are right now. So don't belittle me, Sean. Thanks. <laughs> I'm picking on you. No, I'm just saying I don't think – I think it's very um, – it's just intriguing. I think it's funny that the hype video they put out for it. Um, I love how they call it the Audi number as if like the, the car engineers, they took a break. And then they sat down. No, let's figure out soccer. You know, we just right we like just... they like they had like coffee <laughs> like one time in the break room. They're like, so does anybody like soccer? Yeah, and then of course being German, they all said yes. Um, and then they're like, let's figure this out on our lunch break. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, with I mean... American and English people try to put numbers to side. We fix this. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's... Yeah, we are we are insulting a huge amount of people right now. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a like three fourth German, so that's only uh, three. So it's only a quarter offensive. I, I'm I'm on my end. It's like ninety percent German, so or so it's only two percent so, offensive uh, on your end. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm I'm offending everybody right now. Then you might not be, but I'm pretty much all Irish. So yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, I think it's interesting that, like, I wonder if it's going to be any different from the Castrol Index if they just, like, switch the name. That's exactly what I think. I think it's adjusting for um, for the Castrol Index. That's that's exactly what I feel um, right now. But mm, uh, I'll just I, – I, I I'll be glad to set it aside and, and – we can talk more about it uh, in the next couple weeks. As... Well, I mean, if it matches my numbers and it looks like better than what my numbers are, I'm going to definitely use it. I'm going to use it um, uh, because well, then I... What defines as better? Uh, if it's close and then I start seeing players who I think probably should be higher in my model, um, then they're ending up and they are higher in their model because like they're, they've got like shot zone stuff or stuff like – or they have um, zone – zonal information that I just won't have, uh, then I'll be like, whoa, wow, cool, this is just my system, but better, I'm going to use this to do, um, see, Mike and I have a cap project based on it, um, looking at value per dollar, and if once you can assign a value to a player, um, then you can start looking at, well, output to dollar, who's got the best, um, which team spends uh, the least and gets the most, and uh, I definitely want to start looking at that, because I'm convinced that... Um, we can start looking at teams like LA in their proper perspective. Like, are they doing well under the cap? Because they do have their Sebastian Legettes um, that do well, but they also, you know, have their uh, um, last year. I always pick on Mika Varnin, but it's just so true. Uh, players like that. Um, when meanwhile, you know, RSLs, SKCs, you know, have always uh, pinched their pennies and done really well. So it would be it's an incredible tool. So I don't want to get too down on it. If if it's good and i understand and i understand why they would keep it secret i'm all for it i just you know it's hard to trust it moving forward yeah all right well hey we're at the hour mark uh thanks so much for listening to us make sure you follow us on twitter at analysis evolved at harrison underscore crow at sean stefan sean say goodbye goodbye everyone all right and i will see you guys next week you guys have a good one federico Iguain, bicycle kick Later. Shut your face, high school jerks. We
And I'm going 